0: The Puritans' guide to fall songs. Guide
1: when what used to excite you does not.
0: Tonight's song is winter.
1: winter. Entrances uncovered. Street signs you never saw. All entrances delivered. Gotta see.
0: on street signs you never saw winter uh, which is actually split up into two songs the first part is the winter hostel Maxi in parentheses right and then there's just winter, winter two? two is it yeah I think that's yeah. right
1: because it's you know it ends the first side of Hex Induction Hour, like on the vinyl, and then the second part picks up on side B, yeah, if I have that right. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and it's definitely one song, although the division is is interestingly placed, yeah. I would say. So, um, and basically, I just wanted to quickly kind of go over the four main characters of the song. Okay. Uh, one, we have Manny in the library. So... Manny could or could not be the guy who's in the sort of halfway dry out house, as Mark claims, as calls it. Um, but Manny in the library is, one, hung over at work at three thirty, two getting the spleen at 3.15, and then three, it's actually 3.13 at the moment of the lyric, like which I thought was really strange. So, like, it goes... Working off his hang, working off his hangover. Three thirty. Get the spleen at three fifteen, but it's three thirteen. Uh huh. So, so that's just a. We'll come back to that, but keep yeah. that in mind. Um, so two, the second character, uh, you have the mad kid, who shows up throughout the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, I'll wait to talk about him, but he's definitely the second character. Three, you have a narrator he's never really named um it could be manny could be i don't think it's the guy in the dry out house um right seems like a separate guy and then four we have the man in the dry out house who is on the first floor underneath the dartboard lying on the floor right um so those are the four main characters and i think uh we'll just we can just start from there yeah um, yeah so i i just want to go back to the manny in the library because the reason i bring brought all that up is because it's kind of where uh, mark has flattened time like a lot of fall songs time and space and people are all jumbled up yeah i think there's a specific point in this song where he's pointing out time is not only going Backwards of forwards. <laughs> it's it's also, you know, things will happen in the future, but right now he's doing this. So it's, yeah, time is just flattened out completely. Right. Um. So the one thing I would say, so Manny's obvi- obviously hung over at work, and it's three thirty. Yeah. Which is the first thing it says. <laughs> he's gonna get the spleen at three fifteen and uh i just i always took that to mean like splenetic like he's gonna be kind of melancholy or a little bit angry that's how i think of like the splenetic humor sure black bile it's kind of like melancholy um like he knows it's coming yeah like he knows it's coming um the hang the hangover he probably already has. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's <not> helping, <laughs> right? So he's gonna get he's gonna get splenetic at three uh, fifteen, but at the actual moment in the song it's three thirteen, so he's got two minutes before he becomes splenetic, and in you know seventeen minutes he's going to be working hungover. Yeah, we could spend a long time on just these three lines. It's like is he already at the library working? Right, is he? Walking to work, hungover. You know, Is, yeah. Does he not start until three uh, thirty? At the library. Yeah. yeah, and then the he's got the fifteen minutes of being like, I gotta go to work. Yeah, you know? and
1: I feel terrible. Yeah, and, and I'm hungover as hell. I'm gonna start um, coughing up nasty things here in a moment.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Manny. Manny's. I think. I think basically, Mark threw in Manny. I mean, it's definitely like just kind of an offhand character, but I also think he laid it out so that. Uh, he could sh- basically just show that t- time's flat in this in this song. Yeah, and and characters will come from everywhere, and there's going to be lots of movement in time. Yeah. So, um,
1: and I think what uh, <laughs> what I thought of was um, something that my wife has talked about about how when you are depressed and when you're feeling down, time tends to feel a lot slower than it does right. usually when you're when you're in a good mood and things are going well. And so I, you know, whether that was Mark's intention or not, I don't know. But that would be that fits in well. My my little theory.
0: No, that that definitely works out, and I, and I I do like that idea. Um. Yeah. So anyway, flat time, depressed <laughs> time. Um. So the second the second character, the mad kid, as uh, he gets called. Um. Basically the. <laughs> The one note I have is that the Mad Kids a belligerent little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the lead, <laughs> right? So there's, there's a. Uh, so after we after the little bit about Manny, oh, I should also say that before all the characters are introduced, uh, the first couple of lines in the song, um, which are "interests uncovered, street signs you never saw, and all interests delivered." courtesy of winter mm-hmm. so you got this idea of like winter being snow covered and at least really cold but yeah. also it's kind of it's definitely an a sort of science fiction weird fiction way of saying all these things which you have not seen before are now being opened yeah and they they're you're just seeing them for the first time and it's all courtesy of winter which could be depression could yeah. be the actual you know uh, season yeah. um there's uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that um, i
1: always took this just to in a small aside i don't know if that's that much of an aside but i always took this as to be sort of marky e. smith narrating as he's walking around like on a oh. winter's day in manchester or something like that and like seeing these people on the streets and sort of narrating where what their circumstances right. what he imagines their circumstance to be you know, seeing this, you know, this really awful looking guy who's <laughs> shuffling outside the library. And is like, oh, my God, that poor, you know, he right, looks like right. he's going to lose it. Yeah. And seeing some, you know, some kid on the street being obnoxious to his poor mother.
0: Yeah. And actually, he he mentions, uh, after Manny, he mentions this kid uh, walking around with his mother who was a cleaning lady. Yeah, And then... Um, then when he's going when he gets to the next verse, it has this great line, which even in live versions he says it this way, like he he's just going gone then and likes, Oh wait, anyway like two <laughs> weeks before the mad kid had said to me You know, like yeah. it's this great story storytelling sort of thing where he's going on and on about how crazy this kid is. And he's like, that doesn't matter. Listen. So the kid two <laughs> weeks ago was in, and it's just, uh, I really love how he did that. And yeah, it's also great whenever, like I said, whenever you, you hear a live version of it and he does the same thing, it's like, oh, that was, that's totally on purpose. Yeah. Basically is what it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, so like just back to the mad kid, uh, he's, his mom's a cleaning lady and she's like, they're both walking a large, Black Don and you start screaming at her. Yeah. Like, give me the lead. Give like, me give the lead. Let me walk yeah. him. Yeah. Let me walk him. <laughs> and 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 like uh Oh, and then it has that little bit after that gimme the lead, which is like the narrator discussing this uh what do you call the dry out house Is like a halfway house, but it has all these yeah. great things like um there's lawn was lawn was littered with cans of Barbican, which is apparently a non-alcoholic beer. Right. And then, um, but then it gets like, uh, hold on, lost my spot. Uh, there was a feminist Austin Maxi parked outside with anti-nicotine, anti-nuclear stickers on the side. Right. She's and like. The, and the boys it,
1: inside taunting her by asking her for a cigarette. Right, right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and so uh, it, I just find that I, I, for some reason can envision that it's like a Volvo. And yeah. Like, at least in the 90s, it would have had like a you can't hug a child with nuclear arms right. sticker or something. <laughs> so I, I really love the, uh, the imagery there. Um, and then uh, so basically we get we get past the uh, <laughs> anti-nicotine stickers. Uh, and then that's where Mark says, oh, yeah. And so two weeks back, the mad kid said to me, I'll take both of you on which is weird because he doesn't really say he's with somebody yeah it's like maybe he was walking with his friend and this or and the mad kid's just like i'll i'll be the shit out of both of you and or the,
1: like, the yeah. kid is crazy that he thinks that it's two people standing in front of right. him. right <laughs> yeah exactly
0: um and then there's like you know he had a parka there's lots of really great things here It's school. really great imagery on this so yeah. yeah he had a parka and a black cardboard arch archbishop's hat with a green fuzz skull and crossbones <laughs> And he just got back from the backward kids party, which sounds like a sounds like a kids in the hall skit or yeah, something.
1: Yeah, it just sounds like these digs of these poor kids who might be like mentally <laughs> unstable or like have you know developmental issues. And it's like, oh, the backwards kid, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he
0: and he says twice like he seemed the young one, so he seems like yeah, seems like a kind of a young kid, and so maybe it's just like a kid who uh matured physically a lot so yeah. he's actually a really big kid yeah yeah uh but he's but well, he's he says, obviously mentally kind of young
1: yeah I think, well he so. said the then he seemed the young one and then now he looked like he'd been through some shit oh he'd been the victim yeah of a the pogrom. victim of a pogrom yeah pogrom. yeah <laughs>
0: That's right. So yeah, even if he is a kid, he still had to deal with a lot of shit basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Good 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 catch. Thanks. <laughs> um, so and then we go back to the uh interest is uncovered street signs you never saw a bit. Um, and then that's where the first part of the song ends. Yeah. Because we get cuz that's where the side sort of division is. And then when it comes back um the two characters that are in it are the guy in the dry out house and the mad kid. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, it's all like at this point, the imagery is kind of way more straightforward, but the discussion between the two people, between the mad kid and the, you know, alcoholic. Uh, Yeah.
1: The man drying out.
0: Yeah. Um. It, it, uh, it turns into this definite, like, not paranormal, but you know, weird fiction territory, and yeah. sort of like, um, basically, you know, uh, let's see. Okay, so he lays out. We got the first floor of the dryout house, replica dartboard, man on the floor. Uh, I'm guessing underneath said dartboard, <laughs> uh, and then his soul goes out the window, over the lawn, and round to the mad kid, um, and to the and the guy's soul at this point. Tells the mad kid, "Have this medallion. Um, it's no sign of authority. I'd rather go than put it on." So, what is he talking about? <laughs> well,
1: I guess the interpretation <laughs> of the annotated thing was that it's like the the the, chi- the metal or the chip you get at AA. Oh no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that could be. Please take this medallion. But like, what is he saying? I mean, he's in this dry house. Is he? Is he going through the DTS that bad? Mm-hmm. Where he just was like, you know. You take this. I can't handle it anymore. And I would rather be drunk than have to deal with what I'm feeling right now. Right,
0: right. But the reason he's so depressed and feels like having a drink again is because, uh, as we find out, he just looks around and realizes his youth has been sold. Yeah. So he's basically like, he, he, his his, whatever, his whole youth was some sort of lie that yeah, basically uh, for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you can also look at it as like the medallion as, um, you know, money, or at least some right. coin or something. Or, I mean, I like I like the the sort of AA chip idea. Yeah, it's an interesting um, theory,
1: but it also could be this like, you know, the achievements of one's younger yeah, days. You exactly. Know?
0: Yeah. And also, it also could just be, especially with the weird fiction angle, just like some weird. I don't know, like symbol, yeah, like a cross or something or, yeah, Megalian, or, a or... military yeah, award exactly. of some sort. Yeah. So I, I, do, I do like that he never really explains, but yeah uh, which is part of the genius. Back to the lyrics. Um, so after he tells the kid uh, that is he, he looked around and realized he had basically been sold uh, a bag of goods. Um, there are uh, two white doves cross the sky look like Krakens, although I always thought that was Krakens. I did too.
1: Isn't that what they're saying Clash with the Titans? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so so just a little a little just to stop there, two white doves across the sky, so that's two birds. But Krakens or Krakens are like sea monster like giant squid esque yeah. mythical creatures. Right. So so the So two white doves, that's peace, right? That's a representation of peace, kind of. Yeah. But the two white doves that are peaceful look like giant squid when they fly (laughs) across the sky, which I really love. And then um, the next two lines are really great, too, uh, because – and sometimes that little – and then there's no word there. What happens is the keyboard goes – Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's And then he says, makes me tremble. Yeah. Uh, So he doesn't name it. It's completely unnamed. Which is kind of like uh, Lovecraftian in a way. Exactly. Um, yeah. so you've got this absolutely bone deep cosmic horror mm-hmm. of some sort. And you can't even name it. Um, <laughs> or, or you could like make up words like Lovecrafted, whatever you want to do. But um, but that's the thing that makes him tremble and it's all courtesy of winter. Which is just that's like the greatest part in the for me, that's the best part in the oh, whole yeah. song. Those two lines. Um, and then also on, uh, the annotated, there was something about, um, somebody had mentioned a 19th century, uh, sort of spiritual, uh, which were, what's called, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And Mm -hmm. there's something like, I just, it made me tremble, made me tremble. Like that's one of the lines in the song from what I kind of remember. And I think (laughs) it's even here too. So, um, yeah, back in Bible school, Methodist days, but, uh, so you know, it's another religion thing. And he's been pulling, you know, mythology and religion, of course, throughout this song. Yeah. And and, and fucking with time. but uh, <laughs> So, but I, I really think that's like the whole key right there is that little verse where you got doves like krakens and you got a, the unnameable terror that makes him tremble. And then he repeats courtesy of winter twice. Right. So... It seems like this song basically ends there. But then we get like an explanation of the mad kid in this kind of ridiculous way. Yeah. Of, uh, I think Mark is using the word light for intelligence or something yeah. of that sort. Um this is... What kind of intelligence I don't know. But yeah. definitely like life lived, you know, maybe hard earned. Yeah. So. Um, I like that. Um, I think that. This is great though. Always, uh, the mad kid had four lights. The average is two point five lights. The mediocre has two lights. The scientist genius is three lights, and that's awesome. And then, and then he, of course he finishes out by. There's one light left. That's the one light. That's the science law. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the <laughs> science law is. Like, uh, is the science law like you have to repeat your uh, experiment? You have to keep repeating the experiment like to make sure it to works make, out. Yeah, like, so that's
1: where you become a genius yeah, is by repeating it until by it works. It's
0: repetition. <laughs> and so maybe maybe Mark was just singing repetition again. But no. um, no, I, I always thought that... So I definitely think like that's one of those things where people are like, Ooh, people who have mental illness maybe they're just really geniuses yeah and and we're the like, dumb ones yeah I'm just like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> you fucking you a,
1: are the dumb one it's but an no, interesting I twist think, on that whole thing though just just of you know through most of the song we're led to believe that there's this this crazy yeah kind of dumb kid and then he throws it at the end actually he was like a genius and I realize that
0: now right yeah uh, yeah and it is so a good cool. twist sorry if yeah. you're one of those people but <laughs> that usually drives me insane no right? it does. It does, it does me
1: too. <laughs> I you know um it's just it's such an interesting thing just it, you know because I think the the, the symbolism of it being winter this has this very desperate depressed thing cuz as anyone who has deals with seasonal affective disorder I mean the winter and fall can be really difficult times to get through. Yeah. And uh and but and the, yeah it's such, such a strange thing to like bring that back in at the end just talking about how you know mediocre people have two lights and, but the mad kid has four you know is in this kid which like, is
0: even one light above genius exactly yeah. yeah
1: so you know and I guess as I was reading on the annotated site the, the live <laughs> version that's on a uh, part of America therein oh, yeah, he talks a about different. it 4.75 lights for the mad kid and four lights for a genius and most of us have three except um slates who have two <laughs> lights
0: <laughs> I totally forgot about that yeah. yeah so um, although I guess on that version as I'm looking at it it's like it is a fallacy, and this does not stand up. It is the one science law, and it is a statement of grace. Right. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: Such a fascinating mixture of symbols and language there. It's just, you know. Mark, you're on a different level, brother. Wow. Different level, dude. <laughs>
0: um, So, yeah, I truly have no idea what any of this shit means. <laughs> but I would, say, it, I would say that for the most part, I just envision it as like, A lovecraft story or sure uh, god i can't mr james oh okay (laughs) there you go anyway so mr james was a horror writer that lovecraft loved um and actually which leads us to this another thing that maybe we should talk about so Mm -hmm. there was this essay written by mark fisher who wrote his k-punk um right so there was, it was like a three sort of internet page essay about sort of weird fiction and how Mark used it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of both Lovecraft and M.R. James, I have, I'm i not a huge, I haven't read all M.R. James. I haven't read all Lovecraft, but I've read most of Lovecraft. Okay. Um, but M.R. James basically was a professor at Oxford or something. And the other in his sort of stories mm-hmm. were poor people. And the other in Lovecraft stories are like basically anyone who isn't a wasp, you know, like a white <laughs> upper class person. <laughs> so uh, Mark Fisher uh, was just talking about how, you know, both of these things are the other. The, the horror stories are always contain another, other. And in this story, the other is actually turns out to be this mad kid who it turns out has you know four point seven five lights and yeah. or four lights instead of the genius three. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a really great thing. That, that is interesting. That.
1: Yeah, he. Always, I mean, uh, that's. I feel like Mark E Smith, like that's who he, he related to more. Was these other people Definitely, you know, the, yeah. i mean he was like i think we talked about in the, the in another episode that you know <laughs> just like the the working class aspect of his life and i think he related to people in that world more than he ever would Pop stars, or something like that. Even though he, you know, became a small version of that in England and became a celebrity in England, I don't think he ever really felt comfortable in that role. Right. He embraced it in a weird way. He's like, "Well, this is just, you know, if I'm going to be famous or be able to get on television or something like that, great." <laughs> or work with, you know, modern dancers, which he did for right. a little while. Uh, <laughs> but you know, even even that guy's stuff. Uh, who's the the choreographer? I can't remember his name right uh, now. Yeah, but, we'll insert that one later. Yeah. Too. So, uh, you know, but even. His his stuff was so far outside the norm oh, of totally. even modern dance or you know traditional ballet so i think that's that's a perspective that that uh e. smith puts into so many of his songs and he's always making fun of the upper class and the bourgeoisie yeah. in his songs too which i i one of the reasons i love him so much
0: right and mark would always claim that the people who listen to the fall are like plumbers like yeah. he would never he would always be like no no this is working class music it's the only people who listen to it are, like, people who work on the docks. It's just like, come on.
1: I wonder about that because I, I was talking with someone about this the other night that, uh-huh. um, you know, the, the Grateful Dead documentary that was on Amazon. Oh, it's right. like a really I long thing. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I I I've watched it. most of it. But, like, the, the very end of it tar- sort of talks about, you know, the last part of the Grateful Dead's trajectory in their career uh, before Jerry Garcia died and how... All of the people who were fans of the band at that point were just people that were going to shows to basically just get fucked up. Right. And they were just not connecting with the music. They were just connecting with the experience of being at a dead show. Yeah, no, you know? that
0: makes sense because that's, that's when I saw the dead was like towards <laughs> the end. Yeah, and, and so, I yeah. think about and – I,
1: and I said to my friend, I'm like that's like the – you know, Kurt Cobain had the truncated version of that where like that band became so popular so fast that all the fans that he had – after Nevermind became a huge thing where all these, you know, as he, I think he called them like backward baseball cap wearing yeah. assholes, like frat boys that would beat him up when he's, he was a kid or yeah, something he's like Yeah, he's the that. one who
0: likes all our pretty songs but he yeah, don't yeah. know what it means yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I need to read up on this more about how if that's true if like Marky e. smith actually thought that his music was working class music and that he was really his his was right. more for for you know the proletariat rather than the people who are like you or me who are analyzing right. his lyrics through you know fucking our, eggheads yeah or english yeah. literature degrees
0: <laughs> <laughs> no and i think i that is an interesting aspect of everything because he always i mean you know the 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 way you think of the fall, like playing in England, is some like working man's club up in the north, and it's yeah. like like I think that the hit the north video is actually this, where they got yeah they got a bunch of like locals who were like older people to go sit in this working man's club <laughs> beer yeah. joint, uh, and then they were, are pretending to sing the song or whatever. So he always made like a joke that that's w- who they would play for, yeah, and he may actually. He may have envisioned that. I don't know if he was trying to get rid of like people who are trying to jump on whatever bandwagon. Right. But that's a good point. You know, like yeah. I think like musically, yes and no because musically they aren't doing anything much different. Than rockabilly or right. country songs,
1: yeah, or just like the strain of post-punk that was going on at that time. Yeah, for sure, it's yeah. definitely not prog. No, <laughs> like, no, he yeah. hated the hell out of that shit, and just well, like
0: Well, actually, that's weird because he's a huge Can fan. Yeah, and and he also was big in some other like prog bands. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Van Der Graf, yeah, Ridders. that's right. That's so, right. So yeah, so, so it wasn't about necessarily prog. Yeah, but but Vandergraaf is one of those weird bands where it's like. Lots of p- punks and post-punks like them. Yeah, And they, they're way more like rock. They're kind of like the uh, – they aren't um, like Wyatt and all those people. Canterbury, they aren't part of the Canterbury scene, I don't think. But it's kind of like along those lines where it's proggy, but not like yes proggy yeah, <laughs> or not yeah. so
1: like – It's a little more down to earth yeah, than say w- yes w- or uh, – Wizards and – yeah. <laughs>
0: Spaceship and stuff. Yeah, but uh,
1: but you know, he still held that that line about uh, not actually saying a line, but I mean, like this is the line in the sand that he drew about how he viewed popular music for the most part, where he's right, like right hurling sorry. bottles at Mumford and Sons and stuff like that when they're on stage. <laughs> right. just, yeah, you know. I didn't mean to like cut you off. No, no, I just no, not at all, not at all.
0: To you know, say not all Prague. I guess no. That's I, plus I agree. That's yeah. also a matter of the period. Yeah, the time period that he was in and when the fall started. Yeah, because I
1: because th- there weren't. I mean, you know, you think about, yeah, what was going on in that post punk era, or even even before that, where you know, band, uh, labels like Island and Virgin were signing up bands like yeah. Tangerine Dream and Can and oh, and, yeah. and all the and and Gong stuff. and all these crowd rock stuff, yeah. and and so and that's what everyone was listening to. Like you know, like John Lydon's like there's a popular. Bootleg out there of a radio show John Lydon did, and it's all like reggae songs and strange oh, crowd rock right. stuff and things yeah. like that, because that's the music that was out there that was interesting. Because there weren't that many punk records out there, yeah. And if there were, they weren't, you
0: know, they were probably put out by 50, CBS. Or 50, 50, <laughs> yeah. 50 were were
1: great. Fifty percent were not that great. Yeah, you know?
0: and you know, it, well, that's always the thing with post-punk punk. It's like p- punk was very rigid. Yeah. Like, even from the beginning, post punk wasn't. It was all things included, sort of in in a way.
1: But at the same time, I just thought of this that, you know, Marky Smith did also engage with uh, strangely popular artists because I think about the song he did with in spiral carpets or he did that song with cold cut oh, and right. did a project with Well, mouse on Mars wasn't very popular, but you know, just like, you know, he was engaging with modern music right here and there. But I think, and you know, he's on like gorillas record not too long oh, ago. No, too. Was, yeah. And so I, but then again, I think that's one of the situations to me in my head, I haven't read any interviews of him talking about mm-hmm. this, this is one of the situations where here are these fans of me. They want me to come sing on this song or do part of the song. Like, sure. What the heck? This is a lark. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll get a few pounds out of this. Yeah. And, you know, Get some beer I think and that, cigarettes. Well, even.
0: Yeah, basically. I think that um, also fall songs after a while. I mean, a lot of the later albums will mix in. It's the the garage rock, but they'll also have weird electronic moments yeah. where it just becomes this big droney blur. Or
1: yeah. Or like the infotainment scan and the yeah. uh, records, the or other extra, record that, was on. Kate
0: that had telephone things. Yeah, exactly. It, and that was like the that. guys from cold cut on there as yeah, well. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he's such a, a, which
0: also weirdly has bill is dead, which one of these days we'll cover it, but I've never understood why people like that song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they,
1: that's the one. The first time I saw them play live, they did that song, and I was really surprised. Right, I was like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting to hear extra, that one."
0: Extra Kate was like the first album I got from the fall, so I was expecting. Like, sure. Because I'd heard the earlier stuff, and that's I was just expecting that, and I picked it up, and it was like used or something. Yeah. And it, it like you know. that cold cut beat comes on and like (laughs) Nimbil is dead comes on later I'm like what the
1: fuck I think I I was at the age where I think that's what I needed to hear to engage with them though Uh. I had been introduced you know my older brother's going to come up a lot in this as we do these episodes because he was the guy that sort of was the big fall fan of my life and was like you know, came over to the house after he'd moved out, and he had a copy of uh "Perverted by Language" on CD, oh. and he played me that for the first time, and I heard "Eat Yourself Fitter," I was like, "This is the greatest song I've ever heard!" <laughs> like, what is this? And but then, exactly. like, the next thing I did was that's when like "Extricate" was came out right around that time too, and oh, so okay. I bought that and was like, "Yes, this is the entree I needed to understand them." And so I got that. I, you know, it took me a while to really get into the much earlier stuff, like we've been talking about, a lot of the more. Uh, very post-punk, very experimental side of the band where I needed to hear the Bricks years first because that was my frame of reference. Just like, you know, she was trying to take them into the pop territory. Uh So
0: So Winter, I think... Yeah,
1: that's a great song. It's such a great song.
0: Yeah, it is. I I think Garden and Winter for me are, one, kind of inextricably linked because they were on, like, albums one after the other. Yeah. Also because they're really drones that last forever and they have this the weird it was the weird period of Marx where he's writing short stories like mm-hmm. weird fiction short stories um yeah and so they for me it's like not necessarily related uh content wise but mm-hmm. definitely related like musically yeah and i think that um I, yeah, I just both of these songs uh, at certain points in life, and even now, they're both like if if somebody asked me like to make a fall top ten,
1: <laughs> That would be up there.
0: Uh, that would definitely be like one of the first two. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it was you know that era, that you know early '80s era of the band <clears throat> where he was you know finding the fall sound in right, that. You know, definitely. and, just, and, and so. I
0: also I also think that. Um, it's experimental, but it's also not just a bunch of noises yeah. from a box or yeah. something. You know, it's like they're actual songs. The song structures well the song structures are actually basically the same. It has a big drony bit and then it has a chorus bit. Yeah. It has a big drony bit. But uh <laughs> so it's not like cor- verse chorus, verse chorus bridge verse chorus or whatever, you know. But they're definitely structured songs. And they're yeah. structured in the same way that you know, if, if if an old blues song like, you know, they're when they're te- one of those old blues songs where they're telling a story. Yeah. They can make it last as long as they want to. You know. <laughs> right. It's not like the recorded version. It would have been the live version that they used to do. Yeah. Um, so I think it definitely. With Mark liking American music like rockabilly and country, I think mm-hmm. that's definitely a part of it. Um, but yeah, I definitely like winter.
1: Yeah. As do I. <laughs>